2: Well, met fellow adventurers, we are back with Sir Crokington. So, back to the Proving Grounds. Proving Grounds 2. Let's continue where we left off. The Streets of Seer, Part 3. A series of dangerous encounters await the bold adventurer on the teeming streets of Seer. The first part is cornered. We begin. The man you have cornered in the dead-ended alley has already slain two city guardsmen and grievously wounded five others. Only five minutes ago you witnessed the man's violent escape from a wagon load of prisoners where he employed some form of elemental magic to hurl lightning, hurl bolts of lightning and his surprising captures. In the wake of a sudden attack, two of the wagon guards were dead and a handful of others left desperately clinging to life. Without a second thought, you took up the pursuit as he fled and chased him to the alley where you now have him cornered. From beneath his thick mane of greying hair, the wide-eyed escaped prisoner prisoner glares at you contemptuously. I'll only be taken as a corpse, he hisses, extending his arm, palm outwards towards you, a blinding act. Flash fills the alley as tines of lightning are what from his hand and streak through the air towards you. All right, so fortification, or just get out of the way, fortification it is. Challenge it. 128 experience to fortification, which means, of course, it succeeded. The lightning attack is absorbed by the magical barrier you've erected. The man curses, and before he has time to react, you leap forward and attack. This is an escaped mage. I can only assume they didn't know he was a mage at the time, otherwise they would otherwise they'd use those anti magic cuffs that you find in another adventure. That's a bit a lot later, but still. Or maybe they're just really hard to get hold of. Or maybe they thought oh he must be out of Neville Reserve, we we can keep him. Hello. No, he kept one for emergencies. Begin combat. So kill or subdue? Wow, well, you did just say I can't take you alive. So that's just what I'm going to do. Hmm, but won't you just escape again? Hmm. I'm going to have to subdue him really hard. Punch the magic out of his face. Subdue your enemy. Because I always subdue. The mage's hand crackles with energy as he reaches out for you. Oh and there. Down he falls. Ha! You said I couldn't take you alive? Well, here you go. You're being taken alive. Ha ha ha! The enemy topples to the ground and lapses into unconsciousness. Three city guardsmen rush into the alley, their weapons drawn as they no doubt seek to exact a heavy toll on the man who has slain two of their brothers in arms. When they see the body of the mage lying at your feet, they relax their stance and are quick to praise, praise your skill and effort. The guardsmen haul the prisoner to his feet and drag him out of the alley, but not before thanking you for all their help. This murderous time has come, says one of the guards as they depart. You make your way out of the alley and once again set off through the city. That's that scenario finished. Another 16 XP. It's all about the story. Oh yeah, and the huge ATs you get at the end. An Enchanted Evening. Begin, you start the scenario. Enchanted Evening. Chant is capitalised. While strolling through a narrow, tree lined avenue just after dark, your eyes are met with the sound of chanting from somewhere up ahead. The haunting, melodolic chorus of voices is strangely intriguing, and you find yourself drawn to it. You soon arrive at a lone stone building with a green door. The door swings open, and you are greeted by a tall woman in long black robes. She smiles warmly and invites you inside. You immediately accept the invitation. Unable to think of anything other than the intoxicating melody, the chorus of enchanting voices that spills out through the open door onto the street. Once inside, you realise something is dreadfully wrong. Five black black-robed figures, seated in a circle in the middle of the womb, wise to their feet, move to surround you. The haunting chants, chants continue and seem to rise out of nowhere as you can see no movement from the mouths of any of the figures present. As your pulse begins to waste, your every instinct screams danger. As you you turn and reach the door, horrified, you discover it's no longer there. The woman who lets you in draws the long, curved knife, as a sinister smile spreads across her face. "'A lamb for Joeth!' she says." As others continues to close in around you. A sacrifice of non-believing flesh fit for the Dark God. You are certain you now confront six bloodthirsty colonists. Those guys again. I mean, they caused a lot of trouble in the murk. And I feel they're going to be causing more trouble. This is an enemy you know will give you no quarter. The eerie chanting rises in pitch as each of the other five black robed figures draw long curved knives and move slowly towards you. The chanting appears to be taking a toll on resolve, and you'll find your will to fight and survive is strangely diminished. Even in the face of such immediate danger, the woman strikes first. It's a blacked, robed corund. All right. The woman slashes you with her curved knife, and I stab with my better knife. Oh yeah, how about that? Killing humans, you like that, don't you? You little knife, you. With some hope from the spirit, you're able to resist the intoxicating effects of the chanting. Alright, spirit helps again, slashes with gold. Oh, she's gonna hit on me for five damage. Uh, keep going. All right, keep resisting the effects of the chanting and is slain. But there's more of them to go. 19 XP. His vengeance! His vengeance! Intone the five remaining corns. They clone in around you. The blood of the unworthy will flow as a tide! The two of the corns step into melee range. Bandishing their curved blades with an alarming discreet degree of skill, it's two black wormed kowand. They slash at you with their curved blades. oh your spirit is unable to resist the intoxicating effects of the chanty. Oh, oh, oh! Actually, actually, these these are perfectly fine blokes. I don't need to fire them. I don't need to fire them. They're perfectly fine blokes, upstanding blokes. You will be unable to act the next round. Out, but I still manage to jump out of the way at least. Because that that's that sort auto- automatic, it just happens. They slash with their curved knives. They keep slashing, I keep stabbing, and they are slain. 36 XP. The chanting fills the womb again. That fills the womb again, rises in pitch, as two of the remaining three Kurons step forward. Slashing at you with their cool blades. so another two black-robed Kurund. Time to stab them. They slash with their curved knives. I stab with my probably also curved knife. You have slain your foe. 36XP. The last remaining Kurund raises his hand and an overwhelming sense of nausea washes over you. Your eyes begin to burn. It feels as if every inch of your skin is crawling. As a lone cohen closes in with his curved knife, your body fights to stave off the effects of the dark magic that assails you. All right. Picking a number. Bonus of 16 from body. Got to get 50 or more. Or something will happen. I guess maybe my will will be completely destroyed. Perhaps. Pick now. 24. Failure. As a wave. Wave after wave of foul sensation whacks your body and proves to be more than your constitution is able to bear. The dark magic has taken a deadly toll on you. Fourteen damage. Miraculously, you've survived the ordeal and the effects of the sinister magic start to fade and you find yourself fending. Fending off the last of the courant in a brutal melee. It's a black-robed courant. Let's go. Oh, the the chanting has got to me. I don't know who's who's chanting or how. I guess it just just keeps going. The chanting. I can't act the next round. The chanting gets to me again. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. Oh, oh, right, right. I've just realized it's actually really terrible. Now I'm angry with the curved knife and is finally slain. 36 XP. With the death of the last of the Kurund, the eerie chanting that fills the small building rapidly fades to silence. You make a quick search of the premises and a shot to discover four people gown, bound and gagged in a room towards the back of the building. You free the three men and one woman and they immediately embrace you, Thank you profoundly. They tell you the Kurund were planning on sacrificing and eating them. Thankful to survive the encounter with the wicked Kurund. And happy that you were able to help these people. You quickly set off on your way. Eager to put the matter out of mind. And that's this scenario done for another 32 XP. And then I fully heal. Which makes sense because of course it's probably another day. The next thing happens. Master ...of deception. Begin. A cold autumn evening finds you enjoying the ale... ...of the Huntsman Inn in Central Seer... ...and watching the antics of a crowd of tricksters in the... Com- ...of a card trickster in its common room. Just one of them. The clever, clever performers attracted quite a crowd... ...and seems to enjoy mystifying them with a the sight of hand trickery. You're intrigued by the spectacle... But something about the middle aged man in a, in a fanciful blue shirt doesn't seem quite right. Time and again you seem to catch him casting eerie, sidelong glances at you, and on nearly every occasion the, uh, the incident elicits an involuntary shudder. As the trickster continues his act for the common room patrons, you finish your ale and slip out of the inn. You are soon strolling on one of the. the of Sear's broad, sensual thoroughfares. affairs, the crisp air of his frigid autumn night is a refreshing change from the stuffy, common room of the inn. You've been walking less than five minutes when the sound of rapidly approaching footfalls reaches your ears. You turn to find the performer from the inn running along the street in your direction. He raises his hand to signal you and smiles as he draws near. Crockett and white he asks, still out of breath from his one. Alarmed by the use of your name, you instinctively reach for your weapon. Please, I don't mean to startle you, pants the man, who seemed to have last regained his breath. I have something for you. In one swift, fluid motion, the man retrieves a bulging leather pouch from inside his tunic and flings it at your chest. The pouch strikes your chest. Well, I guess my back, because my chest is, is... facing the ground, and exploded into a choking cloud of silvery dusk. Your eyes water profusely, and your breath becomes shallow and ragged as you stumble and collapse to the ground. The last thing you see before you are robbed of consciousness is the leering face of the trickster staring down at you. You awake with a start and spring to your feet. A pair of torches cling to the far wall bathing the small stone chamber in which you find yourself in a lurid yellow light. The four walls that surround you appear solid, and your pulse quickens when you realise you can see no way in or out of the chamber. Suddenly, a lone figure emerges from a dark corner, on the far side of the room, and bows. You instantly recognise him to be the performer from the Huntsman Inn, the man who followed you into the street, the man who knew your name, and the man who has brought you here much Against your will, you have nothing to fear from me," he says. His voice moving, always enchanting. "I need you, a hero of your stature, if I'm to truly put my newly acquired power to the test. And test it I must, for there is precious little time for what I need to achieve. A vicious snarl to your left. Snaps. Snaps your head in that direction." and you are shocked to discover a large black wolf stalking out of the shadows. Certain the creature is an elaborate illusion, crafted by the mysteri- your mysterious capture. The fact is of little consolation, as it does nothing to lessen the danger it presents. Because safety mode is not on with, with its hackles waved and its teeth bared, the wolf bounds across the chamber and leaps at you. Illusionary wolf, let's fight. Snark, the illusionary wolf snarls as it snaps its jaws at you. And you slain. 6 B, six, Well done, explains the man. Oddly enough, the congratulatory tone of his voice seems genuine. This will be better than I could have ever imagined. He turned to startle off the stranger towards a mysterious illusion. illusionist, determined to get the bottom of this matter by any means necessary. However, you take in less than three hops when the clanking of metal armour reaches your ears. Out of the shadows on your right steps a fully armoured goblin warrior. The cave goblin thrusts a stone-tipped spear at you and quickly moves in for the attack. You sense another illusion, another brutal melee about to ensue. It's an illusionary goblin warrior. Let's begin. The illusionary goblin warrior stabs at you with his spear. Brutal stroke for five damage! God. Even though it's an illusion, it still hurts. I don't know how this works! It, I don't know! How does it work? How does it work? You've slain your foe. 11 XP. I guess perhaps. Perhaps self actualization works in this world. And if you believe you are wounded, you become wounded. Impressive. Singly impressive, cries the illusionist. This is all going splendidly. A low rumble proceeds from the, eru- the erupt appearance of a hulking org, ogre less than five feet from you. The menacing beast snorts loudly and smashes the floor with his heavy wooden club before stomping in your direction. Okay, how is it smashing the floor? Or is it just the illusion of the floor being smashed? Anyway, I'm going st- to... I- Ah too much thinking more snapping The illusion of the orb swipes at you with this weighty club and is slain twenty XP Just a few more claps the mysterious in the niche. You're doing quite well, Sir Crokington. Much better than any of the others I've used The illusion of a forest troll, complete with blood stained claws, takes form in the centre of the chamber. The terrified beast lopes across the womb and swipes at you. You manage to duck its initial t- attack and are quick to counter it. The illusionary forest troll. The illusionary troll howls with rage as it swipes at you with its deadly claws and is slain. 29 XP. Perhaps something a little more challenging is in order, says the illusionist. A deadly, a deafening roar fills the chamber as a towering, winged, black-scaled beast looms into view. The hideous illusion is that of a minor demon, complete with a broad-soaked, broad-bladed sword that crackles with energy. The demon strides across the room towards you. It's fang-bared and its sword weighs to strike you down. It's an illusionary winged demon, but that doesn't mean it can't hurt you illusion it even slashes at you with this mighty sword brutal stroke for five damage masterful stab all right and it is slain 37 xp i am truly without words to describe this laughs the illusionist you will appreciate the next one sir Crokington, as i consider it the crowning achievement of my newfound discipline a loud hiss precedes the arrival of a truly terrifying illusion. A massive, blue-scaled serpent slivers into view and draws up before you. Its cavernous jaws open wide as it prepares to strike. An illusionary serpent begin combat. The illusionary serpent wears back and strikes. Your enemy sinks a set of sharp fangs into your flesh. Oh no, oh no, it's going to bite all the way through. With oh, another bite for six damage stabity 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 stab it is slain somebody x b invaluable you're indeed worthy of the praise I've heard bestowed upon your name. the illusionist steps back against the far wall and begins to rapidly fade from view or perhaps creates the illusion of rapidly fading from view you'll find a small token of my appreciation behind you. He says, his voice trailing away into a whisper as he disappears. Please know, Sir That There was no other way. You could have known, just just asked. Hey, hey, Sir Croakerton. Do you want to fight some illusionary monsters? I was like, yeah. And then that'll be it. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to do the whole kidnapping, drugging, locking... Stuff. No, no, just, 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 ask. No, I'm considered doing that. Just ask. You turn around and surprise to discover a wooden door now set into the drawer wall directly behind you. I think it was probably always there, but disguised by some sort of illusion. Before the door lies a sizable iron strongbox. Inside the strongbox you discover a large quantity of gold, which you take. 1,000 gold. Okay, I guess I'm less angry now. <laughs> you, o- When you open the door, you notice it leads out into the street where you initially encountered the mysterious illusionist. Without further delay, you step out through the door and onto the street. Once safely on the street, you turn around and are shocked to discover the building you exit is it's not there. A broad alley sits in its place. and a dilapidated mossy walk. The whole thing was an illusion? Weary from the night's events, and with your mind still wheeling from the odd encounter. You set out to find a good drought of ale, hoping it will help soothe your jangled nerves. For some reason, you decide to seek out the ale at some place other than the Huntsman Inn. And that is the end of that scenario, and that chapter for 128. Experience to Genoa. Which, it to right up. You see, the deeper you go, the bigger the wards become. But the real rewards are at the end. On the Streets of Seer, Part 3. A notorious band of street thieves, Volodra's Curse, has seen fit to mark you for death. Led by a disgraced former knight known as Trevinta, The group's shadowy agents quickly move against you, singularly dogging your every step as you strive to contend with this relentless and bloodthirsty foe. Now these ones you have to actually do in order. The Previous ones I didn't have to, but this one I do. Well, it makes (laughs) sense, because something you can't do is something called the First Encounter Second, which is this one. Coming up, the First Encounter. let get uh, this city. Ah! Uh, oh, here we are. Let's begin the snare. Notorious band of street thie- thie- thieves, Voldemort's curse has seen fit to mark you for death. Led by a disgraced former knight known as Devincer, the group's shadowy agents quickly move against you, seemingly dogging your every step, as you strive to contend with this relentless and bloodthirsty foe. Let's get some more info. What is Vlaudra's curse? Named after the wicked overlord of Seer, who plunged to his death from atop one of the city's battlements in a dramatic sewer hut suicide several hundred years ago, this band of street thieves has long been a thorn in the side of law and order. Led up by a disgraced former knight lame to Travinter, this well-organized, well organized, most collective of rogues fiercely defends. What it considers to be its prowling grounds from all perceived threats, some of Seer's most notorious and deadly criminals fill out the ranks of this dangerous brand band. All right, who is Trevinta Though, once a knight of Celeb Sebadin's famous gated legion, T- Travinta was accused of operating in league with the city's thieves, deceiving and endangering the very populace he had sworn an oath. to protect, tried by a council of knights for for his crimes, he was cast out of the order, but managed to flee into Tysa, where he took up hiding in the city of Seir. A man of great skill and authority, Tevinter was able to gain control of a ragged band of thieves known as Volder's Curse, in less than a year, they'd become one of the city's most feared criminal elements. Alright, now, now you're up to date. Your first encounter with the members of Valarjo's Curse takes place in a weapon market in the eastern sector of the city. As you're walking away from the trader stand, you run straight into a tall, glaring, broad-shouldered brute Flanked on either side by men wielding wooden cudgels. Our friend sends his time- kindest regards, he smirks, as you are grabbed by three pairs of hands and hauled into the nearby alley. Before you quite know what's going on, you're fighting for your life against these three flunks, using my slimy amphibianus, I just slip out of the grip. Oh, yes, I remembered, Sir so continues is a toad. Sometimes I forget. Alright, let's take down these three thugs. The only option is death. Their death. I mean, theoretically it could be my death, but... No, it's, it's their death. The three thugs viciously attack you, and they are all slain. 13 XP. The three men lie dead at your feet, and a quick search of the bodies reveals only a small quantity of gold and the wooden cudgels they wielded. Thirteen gold, and the cludgles aren't even worth picking up. Please continue. As you step out of the alley, you're approached by a frail, bearded man, who begs you to heed the warning he wishes to impart to you. You've done something to one foul of Trevinta, and his band of thieves, he says in a hushed voice, as if he fears being overheard. They don't like heroes and the like moving in on their city. And your reputation must have provoked him to quick action. You'll find no safety on these streets as long as he and his ilk are able to operate against you. Watch your back, friend. The man departs, glancing nervously from side to side as he slips off along the street. Thankful for the warning he delivered, you now find yourself suspicious of every shadow as you once again set off on your way through the city. That's the end of that for 16 XP. On to the next one. The next one is The Falconer. Begin the scenario. One of the more colourful members of Valdra's Curse also has the reputation of being among its most violent. You're lucky enough to one into the man known only as The Falconer on a cool spring evening outside the gambling hall in the southern end of the city. The few people moving along the dark street scatter upon the sudden appearance of the lone shadowy figure that steps into your path. The bearded man nods curtly at you and slaps his hand to the hilt of the longsword hanging at his side. Suddenly, the air is filled with the sound of flapping wings, and two large falcons appear out of the gathering gloom and a light on each of his shoulders their sharp talons, clutching at the thick pauldrons on his leather shirt as they glare at you with menacing eyes that almost rival those of their master. Our man is displeased his warning has been ignored, he says, studying you carefully. When it's plain you are not wanted, the courteous thing to do is leave. I'm, I'm here to get you out of the way, Friend. The falcons perched on his shoulders take to the air and streak towards you, their talons outstretched in anticipation of sinking into your flesh. No, not my flesh. The falcon strides into melee range, his long sword poised to land the first blow. So, I could use the skill of woodmanship, or I'll just get straight to the fighting. I'm going to use woodmanship. Utilising your skill of woodsmanship, you attempt to dissuade the pair of falcons from their continued attacks, thus taking away one of the factors that gives their master an edge against his enemies. Pick a number. Bonus of 15. All from woodsmanship. Got to get 42 or more. Otherwise, i are just going to keep trying to claw my eyes and everything else out. Pick now. 19. Failure. Well, nope. Nope, nope. You, you're still, you're still with him. Pity. With the two falcons circling and diving at you, you are hard pressed to give your foe your undivided attention. Yet you know that you must, for you're dealing with a deadly and merciless enemy. All right, Falconer, where'd you go? Did you escape from Gotham City or something? Begin combat. You stab. The falconer slashes you with his long sword as the two falcons assail you from the air. Brutal stroke for six damage. Another brutal stroke for nine damage. Another brutal stroke for another nine damage. Oh no! Oh my God! Scrape my eye! I managed to blink at the right time, but still. Oh, that's mats. That's mats. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. hey. Anyway, down he goes. 21 XP. The falconer is no more. As he exhales a final wagged breath and expires. The pair of falcons who for so long called him master soar off into the dark sky. You stoop to examine his remains and discover the following. 60, 78 gold tokens. A sturdy longsword, I'll take it. Common dagger, I'll leave it. Alright Alright, Falcons, I hope I hope you have a nice time. You go off and go off a uh, raise a family. Do do whatever it is that Falcons do when they're not when they're not in the command of a psychopath. Yeah, have, have fun, have fun. Bye bye, Falcons. Wasting no time, you set off along the shadowy street and resume your trek through the city. You would have no doubt the corpse of the falconer will be found by the city guards. And the word is certain to reach Trevinta before long. You have a sinking feeling you have not heard the last of Voldra's curse. That's the end of that scenario. 32 experience to general. Yeah, they get, they're get they quite short for the early ones. But they get they get longer. They get a lot longer. When you get to part six moment when, when, you, when you get to the sixth Proving Grounds, I mean, even single parts can be a whole episode. A whole long episode. The Singing Shield. Begin the scenario. A tout length of rope tossed over your head from behind catches you completely off guard and sends the other patrons who occupy the common room of the Singing Shield in, scrambling for the door. As the rope tightens around your throat, you struggle to breathe. If you ma- if you manage... I struggle for breath. You manage to stagger to your feet and attempt to break free of the strong grasp of your unknown assailant. If you have the unarmed skill of unarmed combat and wish to use it, I do, and I do. You valiantly struggle to manoeuvre yourself out of the rope. It continues to tighten around your float, throat. Picking a number. Bonus of 15. All from unarmed combat. Gotta get 40 or more to get to slip my way out. Pick now. 51. Success. With 128 experienced unarmed combat. With the death move, you slam your elbow into the unseen attacker's whips and slip out of the rope around your neck. You quickly turn to face your would be assassin. Not one, but three armed men stand behind you, each wielding short swords. The common room of the inn is now completely empty, as even the innkeeper has fled for safety. Oh, must be really bad for the innkeeper to leave. He wishes you well, smirks the foremost of the three young men. Despite their relative youth, the many scars that widow their faces betray a hard-fought life on the street, as the three of them close in on you, you prepare to hold your ground and hope to make short work of the latest offering of Volder's curse. The young man who spoke is the first to leap in to attack. It's a scarred street thief. Raleigh's going to be even more scarred after this. And dead. That's the only option. It's assailant. Your assailant slashes you with his short sword. And is slain. 11 XP. You step past the... You hop over the body of your fallen enemy and boldly engage the second of the three thieves. It's another scarred street thief. Begin combat. Your same slashes you with this short sword. And is slain. The last of the three thieves flunges at you. It's another scarred street thief. Begin combat. Slashes you with his short sword. Brutal stroke, and is slain. Another 11 XP. You reach down and take a pouch of gold from the bodies of one of the slain thieves, before making a quick exit through one of the inside doors. Another 26 gold. The fight in the common wound of this singing shield will long be remembered as the day that many first became aware of the fact that a bold hero previously unknown steadfastly refused to knuckle under the city's most fearsome street gang and that ends that scenario for another 32 XP to general All right, and on to the next one the strong man begin combat while passing by a group of street performers you pause to watch the feats of a strong man. The abnormally large man hoists large walks and bends iron bars, much to the delight of the crowd of onlookers that must have gathered to witness the spectacle before the multicoloured tent. As the performance draws to a close, the crowd departs. The strong man, his face decorated in a rather fearsome pattern with green paint, calls you over. You approach him, wonder what he could possibly want. When you're within reach of his powerful arms, he takes hold of you and tosses you into the tent behind you. Yes. yes. You are struggling to regain your feet when suddenly the strong man bursts into the tent, holding a studded wooden club. The beastly man glares at you. Our man plays his respects, he grins as he lumbers forward. Before you have fully regained your feet, he takes hold of you. And attempts to squeeze the life out of you. Picking a number. Bonus of 15. All for might. This is about war power at this moment. Gotta get 50 or more. Or be squished. Pick now. 41. Failure. You cry out in agony. Squish. I'm being squished. As the strongman crushes you with his powerful arms. 12 damage. You managed to break free from the enemy's crushing grip. As you turn to face the hulking brute as he swings at you, this studded club. ah oh dear, I must... I just use my slippery toadness to slip out. It is a painted strongman. Let us fight. The Strongman swipes at you, this studded club. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stock. you let's go use a magic. The power of telekinetic blast. You strike your blow with a foe with a devastating blast of telekinetic energy for 22 damage. And then again for 26 damage. Your foe has been stunned by your telekinetic attack. See? See? Mind over matter and all that. Twenty damage, 20, seventeen damage. Another twenty-six from my telekinetic attack, and blast! It is slain. Twenty-two XP. Another of the minions of the elusive Revinter lies dead by your hand. You make a quick search of the strongman's tent and discover only a small quantity of gold hidden among a pile of his, cl- amongst a pile of his clothing. 17 gold tokens. Confident you haven't overlooked anything. You slip out the tent and quickly set off on your
1: way. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Despite the fact that you've managed to survive the successive attempts on your life by the members of the Voldras Curse, you you can't shape the feeling that danger dogs you every step. For you, the City of Seer snug behind its double-outer war, and the protective embrace of the Fane Vale has become a place of dire peril. That ends that scenario for 32 experience to general. All right, let's keep going. On to Part 5, On the Streets of Seer, Part 4. Pursued by the members of Vora's Curse at every step, You're about to discover that escaping the clutches of Trevincia and his minions is no simple task. This one is the face of the fallen, begins Naya. A quick shortcut between cities, northern and western sectors proves to be more dangerous than you could have ever anticipated. After becoming lost in a tangle of twisting alleys, you at last manage to get your bearings only to suddenly find yourself confronted by a gang of four-armed thugs. The unsavoury band of men quickly move to surround you, fetching their weapons to hand as they close in. Before they can act, however, a voice wings out from behind them, and a fifth man, tall and broad shoulders, pushes his way through them and brings himself face to face with you. The grey-bearded man glares at you, but he says nothing, his stare is as hard and cruel as any you have never known. No, but it is somehow empty. Suddenly, the realization strikes you. You are staring into the eyes of oh, Trevinta himself. Oh, at long last. So, if I slay you, uh, everyone, this whole business will stop, right? Right? Yeah, I guess I should do that. You have no doubt. The man standing an arm's length in front of you is Trevinta, the legendary outlaw. Is a tall man of imposing stature. Those mere presence serves to intimidate. Yet in his eyes, tucked away behind the cold stare, you sense a distant longing, a deep sadness. It's the face of the fallen. Let your eyes fall upon Sir Croakington, men, he says. His voice and demeanour demanding authority as he addresses you by name. For here... Before us stands a true champion, one worthy of the fight we bring, yet such bravado has no place here. I shall mourn your passing, kill it, Chavinto steps back, and the four arms four-armed thugs move towards you, seeming to regard you with a new respect and a good deal of caution following the words just spoken by their master. With no escape possible, you steal yourself for battle as the first of the armed men steps into melee range. And we begin. You dodge the first two swings by your opponent, and then counter with an attack of your own. It's a sword wielding fuck. Just a generic fuck. The man attacks you with his long sword. He probably had reasons, a past, you know, pounds and all that, but ah. Uh, Trevincha doesn't care about that stuff. So I can't really be in a position to care either. And is slain. 13 XP. Before your dying man is even taken. Your dying enemy has even taken his last breath. The second of his armed thugs is upon you. Swinging wildly with his short sword. sword another sword wielding club thug attacks with his short sword. Keeps attacking. Ooh, brutal stroke, full damage. You got to hit in. Good job, good job, my man. But you're still dying. Useless. All right, thirteen XP. The third man steps into range, wielding a stout wooden cudgel. He's by far the biggest of the crew. Well, that just gives me more to stab. Begin combat. The man attacks you with a wooden cudgel. Ooh, brutal stroke for ten damage. Die, oh, I got clonked. Another brutal stroke for six damage. Another clonk. And it is slain. 13 XP. As the fourth man washes you, a thick iron rod clutched in his hand. You note that Devinder still remains in the alley, watching closely as you dismantle his band of brutal thugs. So, so wad wielding thud. Thug, begin combat. The man attacks you with an iron boy Brutal stroke for six damage. Uh, oh, another brutal stroke for another six damage. Ah, uh, you are quite formidable, but mostly lucky. And he is slain. Another 13 XP. Javinta bows and congratulates you on a fine display of combat prowess. In a city filled with soldiers, at last find myself an adversary worthy of consideration. He says, "We may meet again, Sir Crookington." But whether or not that proves true, by my hand you shall greet death. The master of world's curse turns to leave. You're about to start towards him when he suddenly produces a knife and hurls it. Actually, with an alarming degree of skill, the blade hurtles towards your chest. Alright, fortification, telekinesis, just get out of the way! Uh, telekinesis. Channeling it. Succeeded. 128 experience to telekinesis. He project a mental force at the flying knife and push it off course, sending it clattering harmlessly to the ground. Hmm, kind of hoping to send it back at him, but I guess I didn't have enough time for such fine control. You're about to start in the direction of Tevinter when you suddenly realise he's no longer there. There was no sign of the Master of Aldous Curse in either direction along the narrow alley. Says he has vanished into thin air. I guess he must have had secret doors installed. Or has it magic? Or other things? <laughs> As you make your way along the alley, you wonder if your victory this day has perhaps turned the tide against Trevincha and his works. Though you're not certain of that point, you remain sure of one thing. It's unlikely this will be the last time your paths will cross. That ends that scenario with 16 XP to general. Alright. On to the volley of fire. Let's begin the scenario. For nearly a week, you had no in with members of Valda's Curse. Well, that's fortunate. You began to think that perhaps Sivintur and his minions have at a last put you out of mind. However, as you make your way back to Seer. Returning from a fair in a small village just outside the city... Wait, I could have got out... Well, no, no, no. I could have got out of the city and now I'm coming back again? The country lane upon which you stroll suddenly quickly becomes the scene of an ambush. And the simultaneous strang of several bowstrings turns your head to the left when you behold a volley of flaming arrows arching through the air. Alright. right. Wait, no, flaming arrows, they're not good against people. They're good against buildings, and I'm not a building. You scramble to save yourself from this deadly attack as the fiery arrows rain down upon you. Unless, of course, it's magic fire, in which case it probably wouldn't slow them down as much. All right. A volley of flaming arrows pierce streaks out of the sky and three arrows plummet directly upon you. Power of fortification, of course. Channel it now. sixteen XP to fortification. You hastily summon your power of fortification and erect a barrier of blue sparkles. The arrows waning down upon you glance harmlessly the magical shield and slide to the ground. Your eyes scour the forest at the edge of the road for any sign of your attacking attackers, but beneath the trees all is still. Suddenly, the twang of bone swings reaches your ears from the opposite side of the road. You turn around in time to witness another volley of fiery arrows arching through the air. You are again under attack. The second volley of flaming arrows streaked out of the sky. Three arrows plummet directly down upon you. Uh, Well, I've tried fortification, now I'll try the other thing. You make a valiant effort to dodge the falling arrows, picking a number. Bonus of 32. 20 from agility, 12 from luck... Got to get 50 or more to get out the way. Pick now. 83 success. Against all odds, you manage to survive the volley of flaming arrows without once being struck. Your, your eyes scour the, scour the forest at the edge of the road for any sign of your attackers. Beneath the trees, all is still. Suddenly, the twang of bone strings reaches your ears for the opposite side of the road. You turn around in time to witness another volley of flying arrows arching through the air. You again under attack. The third volley of flaming arrows streaks out of the sky, and two arrows plummet directly upon you. All right, fortification once more. Challenge it, challenge it. Sixteen XP to fortification. You hastily summon your power, fortification, and erect a barrier of blue sparkles. The arrows waning down upon you glance harmlessly off the magical shield and slide to the ground. Your eyes scour the forest at the edge of the road for any sign of your attackers. But beneath the trees, all is still. Suddenly, a twang of bone streams reaches your ears from the opposite side of the road. You turn around in time to witness another volley of fiery arrows arching through the air. You're again under attack. The fourth volley of flaming arrows streaks out of the sky, and three arrows plummet directly down upon you. Fortification again. Channeling it. Succeeded. 16 xp to fortification. You hastily summon your power of fortification, and erect a barrier of blue sparkles. The arrows, waning down upon you, glance palmlessly, ding, 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 off the magical shield and slide to the ground. You scour the forest at the edge of the sun, edge of the world for any sign of your attackers. Beneath the trees, all is still. I mean, they could. They could be a hundred yards off or more. Suddenly, the twang of bowstrings reaches your ears from the opposite side of the road. You turn around in time to witness another volley of fiery arrows arcing through the air. You are again under attack. A fifth volley of flaming arrows streaks out of the sky, and three arrows plummet down directly upon you. You have the power of fortification, and I do, and I will use it. Challeng it. Succeeded, 16 XP to fortification. You hastily summon your power of fortification and erect a barrier of blue sparkles. Bling, 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 and I am safe. Your eyes scour the forest on either side of the road for any sign of your attackers. Beneath the trees, all is still. Suddenly, the twang of bowstrings reaches your ears from the opposite side of the road. You turn around in time to witness another volley of fiery arrows arcing through the air. You're again under attack. Alright, six volley. Fortification. Succeeded. 16 in XP. Ping, ping, ping. Begin, can't stop. Your eyes scour the forest at the edge of the world for any sign of your attackers beneath the trees. Or is still. Oh, they're probably not beneath the trees. They're probably in the trees. Probably in some sort of secluded platform that they. Built probably for just this sort of circumstance, and also probably to relay wagons and things, I'm guessing because if they're beneath the trees, I can get to them, but if they're in the trees, all they have to do is you know withdraw the ladder and they're very hard to get to, and even if I were to try to, I could be they could just say just shoot down through some. Wooden meticulations. Suddenly, the twang of bloodstreams reaches your ears from the opposite side of the road. You turn around, round in time to witness another volley of fiery arrows arching through the air. You're again under attack. A seventh volley of flaming arrows streaks out of the sky, and three arrows plummet directly down upon you. Fortification, of course. Channeling it. Succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. You hastily summon your power fortification and erect a barrier of blue sparkles. The arrows raining down upon you glance harmlessly off the magical shield and slide to the ground. As quickly as the assault began, it is over. Phew! Phew! It's over! Not wishing to wait around and see if any more volleys of flaming arrows are on their way, you dash along the road and don't slacken your pace until the walls of Sea are in sight. As you step through the main gates of the heavily fortified city, you breathe a sigh of relief. Despite the danger you've encountered on the streets, you're thankful for a moment to be behind its mighty walls. That ends that scenario with 128 experience to a general. All right, and this is the final. the final part of part four Mistress Ember begin the snare. Her beauty a beauty is enchanting, some would say bewitching, and her mind is on par with the elders of any arcane symbol circle. But her only true passion is delivery of death, a task for which she is well suited and always well compensated. There are none who would willingly, who would knowingly wish to encounter the enigmatic master magic-wielded assassin known only as Mistress Ember on one of her missions of death and yet it is she, high of Winter, who now stands before you on an empty street in the waning light of day. Well, that's not much of an assassin is she? I saw her! You're supposed to go Poof! you're supposed to attack me before I see you. Your goal isn't horrible combat. It's to kill me. Oh, doing it again, I'm giving my enemies advice. Anyway, she is a killer screen, queen and she is dynamite with a laser beam. Without a word of acknowledgement of any kind, your enemy thrusts her hand outward in your direction, sending a massive wave of telekinetic force in your direction. Well, obviously, fight fire with fire. In this case, telekinesis with telekinesis. Channel it. Succeeded. 128 experience in telekinesis. You project a powerful telekinetic force that negates the one held in your direction. Mistress Ember. Her placid countenance revealing nothing. Moves in for the attack. It's Mistress Ember. Begin combat. And I've got a lot of people to avenge. A small arc of flame leaps from the fingertips of your would-be assassin. Alright, now, hmm, you know what? I don't, I really should stop saying this, but if you want to kill me, you should just, you know, withdraw, plan another tactic. Your stream was just turn up, boo, and then go, go into melee combat, but you know I'm really good at that. Yes, all right. As she is slain, thirty one hundred and thirty four XP. With her dying breath, the assassin who had never known defeat tries desperately to impart something for you, to you, for you to make out what she is saying to you. Her body goes limp, and her eyes roll to back into into her head. You quickly search up remains and discover several items and a pouch full of gold. 76 gold tokens and some pretty pretty decent leather armour, which will sell for a bit. Superior dagger. When you're finished, you hide our body as best as you can for setting off along the empty streets. As you hurry through the darkening streets, streets of the city, you come to the realisation that remaining in seer. Will continue, you will continue by remaining in Seer. You continue to face going danger in each and every making moment. There is every indication that Trevinta and his minions will not rest until you're dead. Or, you know, they're all dead. But he seems to have a lot of minions, and I have no idea where Travinter is. Staring in the face of such unfavorable odds, you wisely decide it's time to set out from the city. And seek adventure elsewhere. Yes. Uh, this is the only time where Sir Crokington will ever retreat. The only time. Well, okay. 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 There's been. All right. There's a few times he f- flees from undefeated. Monsters, but that's not a retreat. That's a tactical withdrawal. This is the only retreat with no intention of coming back later. Well, not, well it's not for a long, long time. Under the cover of darkness, you slip out of the city, determined to turn the turn the streets of Seer into distant memory by the first light of dawn. All right, one hundred and twenty-eight experience to general, and that's it. We we have we have fled. Sir Crockington has fled from Volder's curse, and well. <laughs> I'm sure at some point there are plans to deal with Trevinta and his minions. His many, many minions. And hired, hired brutes, assassins, conjured monsters, traps, and all sorts of stuff. But until then, well, he, he's won. He, he, he won. <laughs> he wants to drive me out of the city and he, he has. <laughs> That's a... Quite a downer down note to end on, isn't it? But that is that is how it ends. So the next time we run in terror from the city of from the city of Seer and go right back to the capital. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.